I mean, Caitlin Johnson retweeting us. Like, if she comes on the podcast, I would be so. She retweeted me. Yeah, because like, um, because she put out that new. Oh, it was you. I thought it was the podcast Twitter. No, my Twitter. Uh, she put out an article today, falling. Yeah, I saw the email, but I didn't read it yet. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It's definitely more of like an abstract, not like super informative, her normal style. It's more of her like artsy. It just in the email, just seemed like stream of consciousness. Yeah. And so like I tweeted, read this while listening to at Bo Burnham's That Funny Feeling for a hit of existential dread. Yeah. And she fucking liked and retweeted it. I was like, oh, sh-. Yeah, I've actually had that song stuck in my head for like the last five days now. I had to stop listening to it because it was giving my wife panic attacks. So I had to like listen to it on my own. I did have a good week there of having that Kesha song stuck in my head. That's a good one. You know, like you can't be too mad about that. No, I was like, I wasn't even joking. Like I said it in the discord and people may have thought I was just like ranting, but no, like I legit went from hearing that song and then I was like, okay, well it's stuck in my head. And what I usually do if a song stuck in my head is like, I'll look it up on YouTube and listen to the whole thing. And sometimes if you just get to the end of a song, then it like leaves your head and you can move on to the next one. I don't know why oh, it yeah. sometimes works. And then sometimes it just makes it get stuck in your head even more because you've now heard it more. And that's what it did for me yeah. with this one. So I saw the video. I'm like, hey, you know, I forgot. Kesha was kind of cute because this song came out in like 2012. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of forgot. She was like, she was not bad. And then I'm listening to the song and listen to like the vocal melody and the way she's singing, like the choices that she makes as far as note choices and everything. And I'm like, oh, this song is actually pretty cool. Like writing as far as like song structure and arrangement is concerned. And then this goes on for like a week and I'm like, all right, Kesha is like legit hot as fuck. And she's really, really talented. And this song is a banger. Like, I love everything about oh, this. Yeah. Show. Oh, yeah. She's great. I love Kesha. Like, I love Kesha just like I love Taylor Swift. It's like, I don't tell a lot of people because they'll shit on you for it because they don't understand. And it's like, I fucking love it, dude. How's it going, Jamie? Hi. Sorry, uh, the National Lawyers Guild called me right. I was supposed to hop in here and then... I got yeah, no problem. At all. No, no problem. Are you going to that event later though that I mentioned? It's in like an hour and a half. Um, as long as we're not like cutting into like your real praxis with our podcast. I just need to be like honestly, I didn't even help organize this one. Somebody hit me up and was just like, "Hey, can you help get National Lawyer Skill?" It's like, yeah, um, if you want, like just fill out the form and then National Lawyers Guild calls me and they're like, "Hey, so you're doing this action." And somebody else filled out this form. Do you know who this is? I'm like, why don't you just call them? <laughs> because when they, well, when they fill it out, they put, uh, for their org, they put decentralized. Because, like, everybody wants everything to be, it's like an anarchy-type movement, and there are, like, okay. no, no leaders. Like, they want everything to be decentralized. But these are, like, liberal orgs that want, like a point of contact to have like a police liaison to know the chain of command like they don't yeah it's hard to engage them in that way so i just told them i was like feel free to list us we'll be your trojan horse like we're not trying to steal your action but they just like we have a website and a logo i really want to try to just get this situation out there like i was just talking like earlier today to a customer service guy for t-mobile it's my cell phone and I was just telling them how we were like going to protest because they're banning sitting, sleeping, and laying down. It's like that's happening in Los Angeles. Like people just don't really have a good sense of that. They think like, oh, okay, well at least it's better somewhere else. And 
It's not. Right. <laughs> yeah. So help, yeah. help me get it out there. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, cool. Well, let's get into it then. Welcome back to the Turn Leftist Podcast. I'm Mike, he, him, and tonight I'm here with Ward, he, him, and our special guest, Jamie, she, her. How are you, Jamie? I'm good. Hi. Glad to have you back. Welcome back to the podcast. Everybody will probably remember our episode with Jamie that we did before on the topic of gender, gender issues, and trans rights. And so we have a very similar topic tonight. We're going to talk about the We Spa protests that have been happening in, happening in LA lately. Um, so we'll just give everybody like a, a primer on the on the events that have been happening, and then I guess the overall larger issues that are going into it, because it's not as simple as you may think. You know, like any other culture war bullshit, where you have this event, and then it's being blown out of proportion by one side who is seeking to persecute some people, and guess who that might be? Just surprise, surprise. It's literally, like, any time someone asks me about it, it takes, like, ten minutes to just, like, yeah. even approach... Like what the heck's going on? So I'm happy to happy to help clear it up. Yeah, I mean that being said, as complicated as an issue it may be, I feel like the Guardian article that I was talking about did a really good job of explaining it. So I just want to read through a bunch of that, and I feel like they not only did a good job of explaining the events and being pretty objective about it, but it seems like their overall take on it is not bad. Like they're rightfully identifying who is starting the trouble here and who is acting in defense. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I want to I want to give them credit. Like before you read it, just like yeah, exactly. They took the time to find the information and give it correctly, portray it in a way that even LAPD, our, our police here, don't have a grasp of the situation and the actual events that occur. So yeah, kudos yeah. to them, and um, great picked a great article. <laughs> so the article is called. A Nightmare Scenario, How an Anti-Trans Instagram Post Led to Violence in the Streets by Sam Levin and Lois Beckett in Los Angeles came out yesterday, the 28th of July. So, on June 24th, a woman claimed on Instagram that a Korean spa in Los Angeles had allowed a, quote, man to expose himself to women and girls in the women's section. The unsubstantiated allegations about Wee Spa in LA's Koreatown neighborhood quickly spread from social media to right-wing forums to far-right news sites to Fox News and were distorted by anti-transgender groups across multiple countries. The massive media attention resulted in two weekends of chaotic rallies in LA this month, in which anti-trans and trans rights protesters fought in the streets and women carrying, quote, protect female spaces signs paraded alongside members of the far-right Proud Boys. Trans counter-protesters and their supporters described being maced, stabbed, and chased by right-wing demonstrators, as well as injured by police. Jamie, you got a hand up. You want to tell me anything about that before we uh, go any further? I mean, I was fair for both actions, and it was insane that someone got stabbed. They literally got stabbed, and yeah. LAPD chooses to focus on this group that has, like, pepper spray. 
Like, it's mm-hmm. just absurd. So, sorry, I just thought, I have to point, like, real quick, like, these folks stabbed something. Like stabbed two people. So one of the people was on came with them, <laughs> and yep. they stabbed. And it's not a fair application of uh, like even if if let's pretend for a second that law enforcement is like systemic white supremacist thing rooted in slave catching. Let's pretend that yep. it's a fair and you know just thing. The application of of like attention to to the sides, if you will. If, there are two sides to the situation is completely inbound in proportion to the threat factor but please continue yeah well i mean i actually want to stop as many points as we can just to <laughs> explain all the in-between points here and so i guess to to detail the instance that you're talking about i know of one of the far-right protesters that stabbed someone on his own side like stabbed a, a woman that was protesting with him and he didn't realize he was just like flailing his knife around like a far-right idiot so but then they I'm, also did stab some left. So go, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was. I watched it. Uh, I wasn't that close enough to see this unfold. So this is my retelling from watching like video capture, including slow motion video capture. This individual like was on the ground and kind of got like thrown to the ground because they had a knife. Um, while they were on the ground, they did stab two, actually it's three. Uh, um, stabbings into someone's leg who has since been identified i don't know if i should say their name but they're being fairly public about it now um actually i should they're they're raising money um alejandro garcia is on um instagram uh they are raising money uh we can i can get you the links so maybe you can post it with the episode they are trying to save up my they're pre-doctor doctorate student pre-med student um so this is an individual that got stabbed yeah the protest protesting trans rights um, right. while the person that came with this stabby individual was trying to help them off the ground, he stabbed them too. Mm-hmm. So this person was attempting to assist someone, like on their side, yeah. they came with them. And while they were pulling them off the ground, got stabbed, yeah. stabby man stabbed them too. So you actually I, remind me, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I, I didn't do my duty as a host when we even started the podcast. I should have made it very clear that you know, to our listeners, I just assume that everybody has heard the previous episode that we had you on and knows a little about your background. But for our listeners who don't know that Jamie is in LA. And so this is like, you're seeing all this stuff firsthand. So that's why we wanted to have you on to explain this and, you know, tell us what the events are actually like out there. So. Yeah. And I technically hold office um, for my neighborhood. I'm the neighborhood council at large representative for this district. But I'm also now the executive vice president for our, which is our second to the president for this neighborhood council. So I'm not just like going out, just like, is it even a resident? Like I represent this area. And so I kind of take it very like personally that, you know, that there are these hateful actions in my neighborhood. (laughs) I live here and I, you know, I serve this community. Yeah, and Jamie Penn is at Real Jamie Penn. That's J A M I E P E N N on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, what did you have, Ward? Uh, I was going to say any of the uh, diehard listeners or like fans of the podcast that are in the Discord, um, when this, these events were going off, you might have seen me in the Discord trying to build productive forces, trying to scour the internet um, to find footage for you, Jamie, that you were trying to look for. And I was trying to get a lot of the uh, podcast fans helping out with that. Thank you, because 
we later found some footage, but not exactly what I was hoping. So thank you. I had a lot of people reach out to me. I had a lot of folks who were trying to help. And unfortunately, just the way that the, the events played out and my positioning, I didn't, I didn't get caught what I'm pretty sure exists on the body cams of the LAPD. Hmm. Um, they did respond to this. Um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to disrupt the timeline. We're still kind of on well, the first action. There's yeah. actually two separate actions. So let's let's not distort the timeline. Let's continue on because right, we right. have we have okay. this attack and then um, pretty much quiet. Like honestly, it it kind of got carried off by the what I would call the far right fringe media. Um, mm-hmm. as well as just like pay-per-click journalists and you know what right after that first action I got a torrential swarm of hate from the United Kingdom of all places um, mm-hmm. they, they have like a, a turfy kind of place if they have a single gender campaign thing that they claim that like trans women aren't women and we don't exist we shouldn't um, we shouldn't be in women's spaces per their saying right right um that's not how the state of california feels about it you know protect my genders except that it's my gender it's not usually an issue until someone decides to uh, manufacture this outreach as yeah i mean that is probably one of the central issues at play here is that the issue that these far right people are taking is, you know, in addition to just being bigots and just hating trans people, what they are trying to say to get their, at least their mainstream message is that to be on their side, you would have to believe that trans women are literally changing their entire lives, everything about who they are, just so that they can expose their genitals to, I don't know, I guess women and children in these specific spaces where there would be the chance that you could get naked in front of other people. Like, we will get into it as I go through the article, but there is not even any proof that there was a trans woman at the spa that day that any of this event even happened. But what is alleged to have happened is that there is there allegedly was a trans woman in the spa in an area where you are allowed to be without clothes and she didn't have clothes on. And then I guess some woman took issue with this because it could not that it did. It could have exposed some young girls who would also be in that area to seeing what is typically considered male genitalia, like a, a penis, God forbid. And that's also, again, assuming that you have these uh, young girls in that area and that they're all, you're allowing them to look at other people who are naked. I mean, so you have to like go through several leaps of logic to even assume that this event happened, but then also that it's some kind of grand conspiracy that trans women are engaged in just to do some kind of you know, child abuse, but with public sanction. And... It's so ludicrous to think that trans women would be going to all this trouble and waging this entire battle for equality to just be recognized as human beings with rights um, to say that that's what their ultimate goal is. And it's some kind of coordinated effort. It's like it's so ridiculous. I have trouble even saying it, but that's like their mainstream version of their argument. That's like what they will say on mainstream news, let alone if you get them alone and ask them questions about the cabal and all that other stuff. But um, sorry, I saw that you had something weird. Yeah, no, and uh, J- like I'm, I got into all of this. Like my attention was brought into this whole situation not through just news, but you, Jamie. Like everything, because if you haven't noticed, I simp for you on Twitter for sure. But like you were posting about it, and that's what got me involved, and I started looking into it. And like it's that video has been proven completely fake, correct? So far, 
And, and people have crawled through just as much. And there's a lot of people that are like, someone on the inside said, and at this point, there's supposedly been anonymous comments from inside LAPD and inside the spa, and like pretty much pretty inconclusive that this event even occurred. Beyond right. the person running to the counter and there's a penis in the, the women's area. It's like employees literally like, is it trans woman? Like, <laughs> immediately from the reaction. And this spa, like, one of the things I want to underline is this spa has been in operation for decades. Like, we yeah. spa is like, it's like a staple of like a Koreatown. It's one of the spas most preferred, like, when people want to go to a Korean So, mm. for them to insinuate that this place would allow this type of you know, lewd behavior, or behavior that allegedly occurred is, is pretty ridiculous in and of itself because they've been a respectable business for who knows how. And then beyond that, they, they're known to be except, I mean, let's not get it wrong. They're not the champions of the transgender community. Uh, they, mm. they are still a binary, you know, gender center and it's, you know, they follow the law, but mm-hmm. that's really all we're, we've been going to defend when we go to counter protest in an upswing of AAPI hate. Y'all are targeting an Asian owned and operated business that's just following the law, accommodating the existence of transgender individuals. Right. And they've somehow contorted it. Like, Jamie, are you telling me that like, Right-wing bigots are taking an attempt to get the most bare minimum level of respect as human beings, and they're spinning that as their victimization narrative and saying that they're being persecuted for that? I, I, think, I think we have a That's case incredible. for that, yes, I do. That's <laughs> such an outlandish claim that they would never do, and I take offense to that as a proud conservative, Jamie. There you yeah, go. that's completely unprecedented. And it's like they find the baseline of, like, what is the thing that's going to make people outraged? Like, what is the right. guarantee? Well, they have to find a way to, like, let's pretend that there, were, there was a kid there, um, and really there wasn't, but let's then also just make it about slippery slope. Oh, there could be kids there. Oh, there could be a kid that sees a genital that you may not want them to see, which, you know, not that you have total control over where you take your kids and what you allow them to see when they're your kids, because that's what you do as parents, whatever. Um, so you're right. Like, we are getting a little ahead of ourselves as far as the chain of events is concerned. So let me just go back to the article spa. for a bit. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's known to be a nude spa. You're taking your children to a nude spa. Jamie, it's, come on. It's, it's totally normal that people who are socially conservative, who are so you know socially stuck up that they're worried about their kids seeing genitals, it's totally normal that they would also then take them to a nude spa um, and then be mad that their kids might see genitals. That's totally normal stuff. This is not like a fake outrage. For the viewers at home, I'm shaking my fist. <laughs> you can't see it. All right, so going back to The Guardian. Brands counter-protesters <laughs> and their supporters described being maced, stabbed, and chased by right-wing demonstrators as well as injured by police. The episode, experts said, offered a case study in how viral misinformation can result in violence and provide a clear evidence of the links between anti-trans and far-right movements, including QAnon conspiracy theorists who believe that a cabal of elite pedophiles is manipulating the American government. Man, I'm shocked to hear all of that. No way that anti-trans people are also in league with the right wing. Can you believe that? <sighs> I never would have guessed. Yeah, real quick, Jamie, like, especially how you were saying, like, they're just like a binary spa that just takes care and accepts that trans people exist. But like, <laughs> the bare minimum. 
half of the news articles about it, they're like this pro trans spa mm -hmm. is how it's framed. Yeah. Honestly, when we went to protest and we were like, hey, so we're, we want to come here, we want to help you out. Is there somewhere we can assist you? Can we raise money for the place? And they're like, no, no, we don't want to take sides. <laughs> they want to remain neutral. They're, they just want this to go away. But meanwhile, the Fox News article will say that this spa refuses service to straight people. And if you're a white man, they just forcefully castrate you. Fox in like, Kentucky, maybe. Our Fox is clever. Crafty. Um, all right. So going back to the, uh, the article. The events also highlighted the abuse that trans people face, even in one of America's most queer-friendly cities, with multiple trans women telling The Guardian about the violence and harassment that they experienced both in the streets and on social media for attending the counter-protests. Quote, you think L.A. is so progressive for trans rights, said Chloe Rios Wyatt, a local trans organizer. Quote, but clearly we haven't really acquired the protections necessary for our community. We continue to be harassed and assaulted just for being transgender in a public space. And uh, the next section of the article is a viral claim spreads and, quote, mutates. On June 24th, an Instagram user with the name at Cubana Angel posted footage of herself inside the lobby of We Spa loudly confronting numerous staff members about a, quote, man who was naked in front of women and girls. In her video, an employee tried to explain that the spa cannot discriminate based on gender identity. A male customer walking by asked the woman filming if the customer she encountered was, in fact, a trans person. What's up, Ward? Real quick, can we take a look at that uh, Twitter handle? At Kubana Angel? Yeah, that fucking Gusano. Sounds a little like Gusano to me, I was gonna say. That's funny. Are they still on there? The, no, I, I think it was on YouTube, I oh. want to say, is where the, um, the, the video was posted. And that's funny with the events that have played out since we spotted that to be pretty well. Okay, so let's see. A male customer walking by asked the woman filming if the customer she encountered was in fact a trans person. The woman filming, along with another woman complaining to staff, responded with transphobic language, denying that trans women exist, suggesting that the person was a, quote, pervert, and saying that they would be defending women and girls, quote, in Jesus' name. It's, oh, they always got to bring Jesus into it. What if Jesus does not fucking care about what's in your pants? Just have you ever considered that possibility? Um, it is unclear whether a trans woman was actually present. There was no footage of anyone inside the changing room, and no other witnesses have since spoken out to corroborate the account. A local LGBTQ plus paper reported that a spa employee said there were no trans patrons with appointments that day, leading some to question whether the incident was staged. An L.A. Police Department spokesperson initially told The Guardian in early July that the police were not investigating the spa incident because, quote, there was no crime reported. On July 26th, after news outlets had highlighted questions about the initial allegations the month before, LAPD said the department was now investigating, quote, a report of an indec indecent exposure at a spa on June 23rd. In California, businesses have been required to let trans patrons use facilities that match their gender. The spa, where customers are often naked, has not confirmed whether a trans customer was present and has repeatedly defended its policies as simply in compliance with California's non-discrimination law. Which is the truth. Like, that's just objective fact. Like, that's not even the business just saying some narrative to defend themselves or not. Like, that's just the basic facts. This is a very good account. Like, I, I really give them credit. It's refreshing because after the first we spot action, it was it was alarming how one sided the account, like how much louder the falsehoods and the just wrong information, just a complete distorted rendition of the events was so much louder than what actually occurred. And what occurred was so clearly documented. Yeah. I mean, I must have watched two or three different angles stabbing. 
and for nothing to have occurred and then for the response which we're about to get to um in this next part of the article just doesn't add up yeah so i mean that's how the coverage was like even quote-unquote centrist coverage of the incident was always saying that it would, they were pulling the both sides thing. Every article would say that there was this protest and there were counter-protesters and they both got violent. There were violent clashes, like all the terms that they used to weasel out of what actually was going on. And again, even those, like they use language in such a way that they'll make it seem like the two opposing sides are just conservative family values Christians and then people who are at least tangentially in defense of like sex offenders or something. Like they really make it seem like there's some kind of weird issue going on here when it really is just as simple as basic human rights. But sorry, I keep stepping on you. Go ahead, Ward. No, I just wanted to take this moment to just highlight the right wing hypocrisy. Um, they're the ones that always love to tout like capitalism and free market. And it's like, oh, do whatever is profitable. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to businesses allowing trans people to patron their business or, you know, companies like hiring minorities or like putting minorities into fucking movies, you know, diversifying like that's wrong even though it is objectively profitable yeah it's just a weird way that they portray it because it's what their audience wants to be told mm -hmm. and and it just they they just serve it up on you know a piping hot platter <laughs> and it just goes to show like the different sources like we have you know like we're reading from the guardian it sounds very dry mm -hmm. and there's a lot of facts and statements from directly from individuals and it's not a lot of like portrayal. Yeah. Nobody's telling you how it's to be interpreted. Like, here's what this person's. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Just to see that. Because the, 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 the thing you'll hear from the other side is we have to save the children. Mm -hmm. I got called a pedophile. I can't tell you how many times. And it's just, it's, it's frustrating. It's like that has no bearing on, this, on the events whatsoever. No, it's just plain emotions. Yeah. They don't want to save their kids from capitalism. They don't want to save their kids from certain doom if we continue doing capitalism and end humanity, but they want to save their kids from this imaginary threat of pedophiles. Not the real ones who actually have tons of money. And, you know, there are a lot of, like, very wealthy pedophiles, and they do have connections with each other that people don't know about because we're not in the club. Thank God, I don't want to be in that fucking club. But you know what I mean? Like, there's... Some validity to it, but it's not some fucking cabal. It's not Jewish people. It's not Democrats. It's just wealthy people because that's fucking capitalism. Rich people get to do whatever they want. And they like to talk about cultural Marxism. And it's like, I, do, I wish our culture was based on Marxism. Yeah, dude. All right, back to the article. So, people don't even know Marxism. <laughs> Quote, like many other metropolitan areas, Los Angeles contains a transgender population, some of whom enjoy visiting the spa. End quote. The spa said in a statement to The Guardian. Quote, we spa strives to meet the needs and safety of all its customers and does not tolerate harassment or lewd conduct by any customer, regardless of their sex, gender, or other characteristic, end quote. It's unclear who Cubana Angel is. Her social media page frequently features Bible quotes and, since the We Spa video, transphobic content. In September 2020, she posted that no pastor, quote, can support same-sex marriage, homosexuality, transgender, abortion, and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The woman recently held a press conference alongside a prominent conservative pastor and Trump supporter, Mark Little, calling for the state to repeal anti-discrimination protections for trans people. On her website, she asked supporters to sign up for an email list and back her campaign, quote, to challenge California's law and politicians who fail to protect women and little girls, end quote. Again, just like there's no basis of proof put behind this. There's nothing like detailing like how women or 
little girls are being put in danger. You're creating the situation where a mother and daughter are in a place where people are naked. Adults and children are naked together. And the part you're freaking out about is that they may see a penis, but you're not freaked out about the part that you're taking your kid to a place where a bunch of people of all different ages are going to be naked. Like you're not the pedophile enabler for bringing your kids into that space to begin with. It's somebody else who's just there minding their own business and you're not stopping your kid from looking at them. And now that person has committed an offense in your eyes. Go get headboard. Sorry. Yeah, no, if only uh, mental gymnastics was an Olympic <laughs> event, then America might be in the lead. Uh, that's a good one. Well, we would be in shooting gold medals. Yeah. They would just host the events in a high school. <laughs> Damn, that's dark. Very dark. It's accurate, though. Um, all right, so Little, Mark Little, this pastor again. Little told the Guardian in an email, quote, that multiple women have filed police reports in the past week about, quote, indecent exposure at Wee Spa but did not provide further details about the women or make them available for interviews. He declined to answer questions about Cubana Angel's identity or her original allegations, saying, quote, everyone, especially women and children, has a privacy right and the right to be safe in public spaces like showers and bathrooms. What about trans women and trans children? No, they, Are they allowed to be safe? No, they don't, they, don't, they don't have that right, especially, you know, because they exist, unlike these women who supposedly have filed these reports about Wiesbaw. Which they mentioned there's no well, yeah, actually, we get into that in the next, I think it's the next paragraph here. Cubana Angel did not initially respond to repeated interview requests. After publication of this article, she declined to comment and referred the Guardian back to Little, who also declined to comment further. <laughs> it's, like, it's almost like their story is crumbling upon further investigation. An LAPD spokesperson reiterated this week that it was only investigating one incident at Wee Spa. Cubana Angel's original Wee Spa Instagram video quickly went viral on Twitter and Facebook, shared by accounts and pages with names such as, quote, conservative update. Latino exit from the Democratic Party, and women for Trump, according to data from CrowdTangle, an analytics tool. What's up, Sterling? How's it going? Hi, Sterling. Sterling, go ahead and say something. Make sure your audio is working. No, it's not. It's nice to see you. (laughs) It's all good as fuck. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I had to get OBS going. Oh, okay. Pretty funny. Okay, I'm good now. So, Sterling, I guess just to give you like a, a quick catch up, I don't know how much you know about the incidents at the Wee Spa, but there was this woman who had a viral YouTube video where she freaked out that there was a quote-unquote man in the women's section of this uh, spa where people are often naked. And there has been no proof that there was... Because uh, the first thing that happened was somebody who worked there said, well, is this a trans woman that's in there? And then the woman responded by saying, oh, I don't believe in trans people. They're all perverts, like saying a whole bunch of transphobic shit and saying she's going to protect women and, and children in Jesus' name. Go ahead, Jamie. She's, she said, and I quote, there's no such thing as a trans. Mm-hmm. That was her literal response to that state, to that question. Is it a trans woman? But, there's no such thing as a trans woman. But Sky Daddy, she can get her head around that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if, if there's no such thing as trans woman, well, who do we have on tonight? <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Karl Marx himself. That's hilarious. I was going to say that. We have the same brain. Dude, it's, it's a little ridiculous sometimes. Like, <laughs> Apparently, I don't exist. I'm a figment of imagination. Well, this is going to be an awkward episode where we have <laughs> featuring dot, dot, dot. <laughs> featuring a hypothesis. Um, so then, basically, then this woman kind of went uh, viral, like I said, and now doesn't respond to requests for interviews. Uh, details about her story are falling apart because there's still no evidence there were any trans women in the spa that day. 
and she hooked up with this guy, Mark Little, who's like a pastor and a big time Trump supporter. And they're kind of like, you know, platforming each other. He's not responding to requests for interviews anymore because, again, parts of his story are falling apart where he claimed that multiple women were had investigations going with the LAPD for indecent exposure incidents at this spa. And the LAPD said, actually, no, only one incident. And we're only even investigating it because it made such a huge media blitz because you got like there's still not even an incident there. So it's basically where we're at. So we'll get back to the article here. An LAPD spokesperson reiterated this week that it was only investigating one incident at Weed Spa. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. So Ooh, look at them legs. <laughs> Who wears hey, short hey, shorts? Hey, Who wears hey, short shorts? shorts. <laughs> I'd love to see it. It's hot. Cubana guys Angels. Out, guys out. <laughs> God damn it. You know what happens when you let me come I know, dude. Well, I mean, that's why. I mean, I would rather have that happen than not. Um, so, Cubana Angel's original We Spot Instagram video quickly went viral on Twitter and Facebook, shared by accounts and pages with names such as, quote, conservative update, or Latino exit from the Democratic Party, or women for Trump, according to data from CrowdTangle, an analytics tool. Right-wing sites presented the woman claims as fact, and in several cases used a misleading screenshot of a male customer as a main photo, falsely implying he was the trans woman. Quote, it was clear this was getting out of hand because the story was not only unconfirmed, but it was evolving, mutating, and being presented in a dishonest way, said Emily Morrow, a researcher with UK-based group Trans Safety Network, who tracks anti-trans hate and monitored the spread of the story. In one week, Fox discussed WeSpa in six segments, said Brennan Suen, LGBTQ program director at Media Matters, which tracks right-wing media. The host Tucker Carlson repeated without evidence that a, quote, man was naked in the, quote, female kids section of the spa. Another host warned that what's happening in WeSpa... so bad. Tucker? This made things so bad. Oh my god, this made it so much worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, tell us about it. Like, let's get through this paragraph. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's just this this one like this one individual getting involved. We don't get through paragraphs. That's not what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we end up scrapping half of our show notes. I just can't believe he, without any research, without. Anyway. Really, you're surprised by that, Jimmy? Really. I wish reality was. I wish it made more sense. <laughs> Make it made more sense that this there's literally a, an entire news conglomerate. I know, like Tucker can operate in this fashion. Tucker Carlson, the knight for justice mm. and truth. Yeah, <laughs> the the, uh, the oh pinnacle of journalistic integrity. <laughs> it's like a known name. Like I didn't really know his name before all this. Like it's like a known name that like people seem to recognize. No, I would say that I'm Tucker just, Carlson is probably the foremost mouthpiece for white nationalism in the country today. He, he legitimately could run for president. 100%. Yeah. He might, he might throw his hat in next time. If one of the Trumps don't. Anyway. Okay. I will get through this paragraph. Then let's see. Um, another host warned that what happened at we will occur quote all across the land. Quote. It fits this very specific formula where Fox seizes on a local story and blows it up. Said Suen, whose research found that Fox had run 86 segments on trans people in Biden's first two months in office. Oh my god. Exactly. I mean it's crazy. They're they're more obsessed yeah. with trans people than we are. Yeah. The right wing propaganda machine is so much more effective than anything on the left. Yeah. Like imagine <laughs> if we like, don't have anything C- on the left. Yeah, no, but like even like the supposed left of America, like CNN or NBC or shit, like imagine like, oh, like Alabama councilman that wants to run for governor says the N-word and they just Post nothing but videos and articles about that for like three fucking weeks. 
and just to stir up the idea like, oh, there's fucking racist people here in America. That would be effective. But that's not what the quote-unquote left-wing media here does. But it's where the right-wing excels. They find some kind of culture war thing, and they just fucking hammer it until it's fucking dead. They're really good at whining. Yes. And a quick note on Tucker Carlson. Even Fox's lawyers (laughs) argued in court that he is not news. It is opinion. That no reasonable person can confuse it as news. That didn't really stop Alex Jones' audience, though, either. Yeah, so sorry. I was gonna say they did, they did the same thing uh, with Rachel Maddow. What's that? MSNBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like correct. They, they, the lawyer made the same argument that her listeners do not expect her to only give facts. Okay, so yeah, Fox had run eighty six segments on trans people in Biden's first two months in office. They like us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, <laughs> the video was also shared by feminists who advocate against trans inclusive policies, sometimes referred to as gender-critical feminists, or trans-exclusionary radical feminists, also known as TERFs. No, fuck TERFs, by the way. Fuck TERFs. We're looking at you, J.K. Rowling. Oh my god, (laughs) the queen of the TERFs. Morrow documented a flurry of posts on Overit, a site for users banned from Reddit due to transphobia, and Mumsnet, a platform for UK mothers which has attracted anti-trans feminists. An LGB group in Canada part of a fringe movement of lesbian, gay, and bisexual people who argue against trans rights, claimed with no evidence that the We Spa video raised concerns about pedophilia. Yeah, I mean, literally that line could encapsulate the whole paragraph. That's for Sterling just to catch you up. That's what we've been saying this whole time. It's like basically the entire thing at issue here is that the right-wingers are pretending, again, that children are being put in danger just by trans people merely existing. And I was talking about like the ridiculousness of voluntarily bringing your kid who's like underage into a spa where there's going to be people naked of all ages and then freaking out that they may see some genitalia that, you know, you wouldn't be comfortable with them seeing, which they would have to look at. They have to look at somebody else naked. And now all of a sudden that other person has committed an offense because your kid looked at them. Look ahead. So, and then we'll go with Jamie. But the church where we have countless proven cases where they have raped your children, you're, you're cool taking them there. Bad apples, Sterling. Bad apples. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't give a fuck about, Kids even getting molested. It's it's literally dog whistling. It's using the most disgusting thing possible to dog whistle. Yeah. Jimmy, what did you have? I was gonna say that's why one of the protest posters it just said, trans people exist, get over it. Yeah. Yeah. That was literally the poster for turnout. I mean that's um, what's so ironic is like so distorted. Trans people exist. We have them. They're right here. They're like matter. They're, they're physical matter right in front of your face. Whereas God does not, and you're allowing your kids to be molested for the sake of that non-existent God, but freaking out that trans people existing is somehow an affront to your children. Go ahead, Sterling. Yeah, like, I, I've had people that I've gotten arguments on, on these topics with that say things like, and I, I quote one of them, I won't say who it was, but I quote one of them, their issue was that trans rights, uh, I guess the word will be encroach, I guess I'm not going to repeat it verbatim because I don't remember exactly, but the trans rights encroach on their rights. And like, I don't have a problem with other people having rights as long as they don't violate my rights. And I'm like, how in the fuck does someone just existing violate your rights? Do you have any idea? Like, and just think about what you're saying because a, not even you can believe that, but B you're literally saying that your opinion supersedes someone else's existence. Like, I don't know how much more hypocritical you could possibly be than that. And then we should ask them how that same person feels about masks. 
and mask mandates. I can, because uh, I, I can, can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to. I already know. Like, uh. It's just so frustrating that they're fighting so hard to protect hypothetical children. Yeah. And they're willing to harm actual trans people. Oh, absolutely. Like, there are actual people being harmed by their actions, but they're defending figurative children. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So going back to the article, like I said, that LGB group in Canada claimed with no evidence that the We Spa video raised concerns about pedophilia. Quote, those who oppose trans people have tried a lot of different tactics in order to make us seem scary, said Julia Serrano, a trans author and feminist activist. Serrano has recently documented how the contemporary, quote, moral panic against trans people has deep roots in multiple conservative movements that historically spread baseless claims about threats to women and children. That includes segregationists who argued that integrating bathrooms would endanger white women, and anti-gay activists who claim that passing gay rights would allow, quote, homosexuals and, quote, child molesters to, quote, recruit children. The anti-trans protesters marching towards We Spa on July 17th chanted, quote, save our children, a slogan taken up by QAnon conspiracy theorists and carried signs demanding, quote, arrest all the pedos. There has been a recent rise in false accusations of grooming and pedophilia against trans people, Serrano said, noting the growing overlap between anti-trans groups and the QAnon conspiracy narrative about a cabal of powerful left-wing pedophiles. Quote, it's like they are trying to lay the foundation for just smearing all trans people as child sexual predators. Research has repeatedly found no evidence that laws mandating trans-inclusive bathrooms and locker rooms lead to violence. Over the past four years, conspiracy theories about pedophilia have repeatedly resulted in violence. From the 2016 Pizzagate conspiracy, which ended with an armed man invading a local pizza restaurant in D.C., to the central role of QAnon conspiracists in the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. We Spa's Facebook page was bombarded with angry comments, which labeled the spa evil and warned, quote, keep your mothers and daughters safe and avoid this place. By late June, a site that monitors right-wing extremists had flagged plans for an in-person, quote, anti-pervert protest in Los Angeles on July 3rd, right in front of We Spa. Quote, women are being traumatized, the flyer warned, and We Spa has taken no action. So again, baseless claims making up victims, making up scenarios that haven't happened, getting people outraged over literally nothing. But again, still no outrage directed toward actual atrocities that are taking place. And now I'm excited for where this article is about to go. Mm -hmm. Demonstrates what I just stated on how they harm actual. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So as media coverage of the We Spa video went viral and sparked baseless claims about pedophilia, Precious Child, a trans activist in Los Angeles, was named on social media as the alleged perpetrator in the spa incident, despite saying she had never actually been to We Spa. Precious, a musician and protest live streamer who lives in L.A., encouraged people to attend a counter-protest in front of We Spa to support trans rights. Within a day of that post, she said, she found herself being targeted with a torrent of violent threats. What's up, Jamie? Now, Precious is a comrade. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to give a shout-out to Precious. She's been on the ground doing every action, making sure to get information and coverage out there and took just a absolute torrential blast of hate and just ugh, grossness, just being kind of point for this, this first action. And she just deserves all the, all the listeners look her up and give her, she continues to navigate the all out from this. We're about to see just how bad it was. The article does a great job down um, with that far-right propaganda machine just distorted and made a very unsafe situation for someone that is a fairly public individual. 
um, right. is out often in the public. This was dangerous to do. To do this is the thing that I really hope underscore. They're not concerned with people getting hurt and the way that they're portraying the complete fabricated set of events that they've regurgitated in the way that their their watchers, their viewers, their base consume. And this is the result. Mm-hmm. Keep that well, I mean, you make they, a they, they created this action. You make a good point that I don't think we've quite outlined enough. It's just how much danger this right-wing hate machine is creating by doing this ridiculously irresponsible and just blatantly dishonest journalism and quote-unquote journalism. So they're like promoting this narrative that there are these people who are enabling pedophiles or are pedophiles or are helping pedophiles in some way that they're, they're doing this child endangerment narrative and this fake victimization game that they're doing. And they know that it's riling people up. Like that's the whole point of it is to get these people riled up and they're seeing the violence that results from it when these protesters go out there and protest the spa for daring to allow trans people in their business. And so, but that's exactly the point. Like they don't care. And they, you know, when you have somebody like this, like precious, like you're saying, who is a publicly known person, like people can find this person. And these people are hateful. Like right wingers are by far the most dangerous and violent group of people in this country. When it comes to like terrorist and violent attacks, like this, like that's what they do. They stupid people and they can't express their opinions with intelligence, so they have to re- resort to violence. And I also wanted to note, like, when you see something like, um, there's that page, Public Hangings for Pedophiles, that fucking Dunk is always promoting for his podcast. And it's like, who do you think they're talking about when they're talking about pedophiles? Do you think they're actually talking about, like, vetting people and going after actual abusers of children who cannot be rehabilitated and who are, like, unapologetically violent offenders? You know what I mean? Like, they're not talking about that. They're talking about leftists, and that's their coded way of saying it. And you know, they still get to hold a public platform. They don't get deleted, you know, from Instagram for calling for violence. Like, that's not how it fucking works for the right wing because they live in the special zone where they're allowed to say violent shit and, like, stoke terrorism, and it's, it's fine. But sorry, Jamie, go ahead. No, and that's exactly right. Um, this next section that I'm about to cover is on Cuban Angel, Tucker, any of these streamers, these pundits, that they cause it through their misconstruing of the events, you know, failure to fact check and tell the actual account, they created the unsafe situation. Yeah, just wanton recklessness and putting these people in danger. Uh, go ahead, Stone. Can I just say, since we brought up Dunk with uh, Break the State podcast, I want to do an old 80s WWF call out. Dunk, brother, if you're listening right now, we're calling you into the ring. Get your boy on the anti-state podcast or whatever the hell his shit is and bring it on cage match and let's actually debate you fucking pussy. Uh, he won't do it, man. I've, I keep trying. He's just, he just bashed. He's like, no, man, I'm not good with facts. I'm like, that's, that's your reason. Like, that's not, that's not a good sign, bro. Anyway, let me get back to this article. So let's see. A local anti-vax activist known for participating in a protest that temporarily shut down one of Los Angeles' largest vaccination sites posted a photograph of Precious on Instagram, labeling her a, quote, vile monster trans who wanted to expose herself, quote, in the ladies' rooms of spas, and noting that Precious would be attending a counter-protest that coming weekend. Um, Other social media users appear to have interpreted the post as meaning that Precious was the original trans woman that Cubana Angel had complained about, and slurs and threats of violence started pouring in, quote, All pedophiles must get capital punishment, one user wrote. Another sent Precious an image of a rifle with the message, quote, dirty piece of shit predator. Precious said that the hundreds of comments calling her, quote, pedo and accusing her of being a pedophile 
were especially painful to her because she is a survivor of child sexual abuse. Quote, that's a really serious accusation that deserves serious attention. And to casually call someone that off of a viral video, it's irresponsible to actual victims of pedophilia, she said. As the false narrative about her spread, Precious said, she started to see bursts of comment activity from distinct groups around the world. U.S. patriot militia types, general Trump supporters, anti-trans activists in England, Germany, and Australia. Within days, Twitter accounts with large numbers of followers were explicitly identifying Precious as the perpetrator in the alleged scandal. Quote, this is the person identified as having exposed, quote, her penis to children at We Spa, a right-wing account known for misinformation posted to nearly 300,000 followers, along with photos of Precious's face. When another user said that the identification of Precious as the trans woman at We Spa had been, quote, debunked, the account responded, quote, show me, I'll delete if so. After The Guardian published Precious's account, Cubana Angel posted on Instagram that Precious was not the person from the We Spa incident and asked followers to stop posting that claim. Other local trans women were also targeted online after tweeting about the counter-protest. In early July, Jamie Penn, a trans woman and neighborhood political representative in Koreatown, I think I know that person. Who's that? I heard they don't exist, though. <laughs> I'm a hypothesis. Yeah, who are they talking about if that person doesn't exist? Now, I do have to say, I love that account. I'm reading it on Twitter, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little salty. I'm the only person in the account that isn't tagged. Oh on yeah. The tweets. It's such, I'm such a small person to comment on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, just realizing as we're reading it live that I'm the only person in the report. Kind of the least they could have done for you. I mean, I don't know what that would. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. You could have gotten the same treatment as as uh, poor Precious here. Like, well, I did. We'll get to it in a minute, but I yeah. did. Actually, the groups, the as I mentioned earlier, the UK groups, especially after action, we're about to try my best to not distort the timeline. Yeah. The listeners get them. The is Jamie going to have for you guys too? I don't know what the fuck it is. Like, oh no! Like, we're literally yeah. getting like try bringing in the microphone everything you a little bit closer. I was good and I broke it. That's what about good. now? What if? You know, I get nothing. So, what about now? Is this bad? No, that's actually kind of good. That sounded good. Okay. What if I just put it like here where you told me to put it? Like yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, back to the article. What was I saying? Uh, well, you were saying that um, you oh know, yeah, but I just I noticed while I was looking at the reporter that everyone's tagged mm -hmm. and I'm the only person not tagged. And... Yeah, and then Mike mentioned like saying hopefully like it, maybe it was good that you didn't get tagged so you wouldn't receive the same outrage and attention, negative attention that Precious did. But, but that's why I ended up talking to them. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I was talking to them in the first place. Yeah, they no, started I mean, talking I, to me because I was harassed. Yeah, no, I mean I already know that you did because I remember you telling me you were getting. I mean you said it right on your Instagram page you were getting death threats, you know, DM to you from all these fucking assholes. Did I send you the one about the wood chipper? No. And somebody, somebody was like, "Commies get the wood chipper." Yeah. <laughs> was, Particularly jarring. They're all badasses online behind a keyboard. Yeah, you had that like one tweet where it was like, you're not even communist, but you have communist comrades. And I was like, dude, send them over to the turn left of podcast. We'll blow their fucking lib minds. Yeah. I just, uh, we'll get to that in just a second. But <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so I'll finish up that paragraph featuring our own Jamie Penn. So in early July, Jamie Penn, a trans woman and neighborhood political representative in Koreatown, tweeted her gratitude to the anarchists who had showed up in support of trans rights. 
A prominent right-wing account shared her comment, calling her a communist, deadnaming her, and saying she supported anti-fascist violence, resulting in ongoing harassment and half a dozen death threats, Pence said. So, let me read it. <laughs> this is the tweet that I got. Yeah. And it's from Andy now. I had completely forgot about the Andy No part of all of this. I, I forgot. I don't know how I forgot about it. I guess he's like a right winger protest kind of like he follows protest. Yeah. And um, he said, <laughs> this is right out of the gate, actually. One of the self-identified communist members of government group and it's the neighborhood council, mm-hmm. government group. I guess technically the government group. So. Um, WCK and CLA. He tags the neighborhood council that I'm that I'm that I said it. Yeah. He says attended violent protests outside the Wee Spa in Los Angeles, where she tore up someone's sign. Then tear up someone's sign. They stuck it to a wall, littering my neighborhood. So mm-hmm. I uh, and then Jamie Penn, formerly known as my dead name. Appreciate that. No, I don't. Uh, also tweeted in support of the local violent Antifa group. Mm-hmm. And this is the tag that I got. That yeah, and again, for anybody unfamiliar with Andy, no, like he's just another right wing grifter. He's like the journalism version of an ambulance chaser. Every time there's any kind of protest or political event, he's there and he's like stoking the left wingers because he what he wants is to get milkshaked again. He wants somebody to like beat him up so that he can whine and cry and get on news channels and go on Joe Rogan again and talk about mean old violent Antifa and how they're taking over the country. And CNN is like handing them the keys to everything. Go ahead, Ward. Sorry. Yeah, no, like I was just going to go basically down the same line you were saying, like if people don't know who Andy No is like, if you guys remember from the Black Lives Matter protest, when the whole rhetoric was going around on the right about them throwing concrete like milk, like cups full of concrete. That was him. He had got hit with the milkshake and he was trying to frame it as getting hit with concrete. Should have been concrete. Um, Yeah. But like, he's so fucking problematic that innocent Asian men are getting attacked in Seattle and Portland because they think he might be Andy. No. The fun thing about this particular post though is that because of him tagging the neighborhood council where I sit every single response to his tweet was in the mentions of the neighborhood council that I said so they're still receiving tweets and comments the communications committee the chair for that committee of our neighborhood council is having to deal with that Jamie can I ask you kind of an own topic question sure <laughs> so so I don't I don't go out and do protest personally that often. Um, long story short, I'm kind of on at least one FBI watch list and I try I try not to put myself in a situation where that could be used against me. On the wrong but, podcast, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I say that because I always think if I were with a group of people and we, we did all get like uh, raided by like feds and they threw us all on a paddy wagon that they would try to use like past shit that I'm setting on a watch list for to try to tie us all into that, to try to force charges and enforce some pleas. So I, I just honestly stay away from the public stuff because of that. I feel like I'm, I'm better suited on, on podcast platform. But the reason I bring that up is because 
I know me and I know there's a lot of people like me that if I were to go out, it, undoubtedly I would be grabbing bricks and throwing them through windows no matter what I was at a, at a protest for. And I just thought this would be a, a good opportunity for you to kind of educate me on whether or not that was a good thing or not. Because I know a lot of protests, like especially trans rights protests, you guys want them to be calm. And uh, I was kind of wondering if, if, say, one of these protests someone like me showed up and, and just decided that Starbucks has a really pretty glazing. Um, is, is that a big no, no just for someone not so familiar with that type of world? We absolutely don't encourage people to do anything that would detract from the messaging. Yeah. Protest, believe it or not. Yeah. It's kind of our goal to stay on message and that makes sense. Try to follow the organizers of the action. Now, the issue being that these people who just spent past three minutes assembling their MO now that they operate, they bring out the worst of their side, but also the worst of the other side, if, if there are two sides. Yeah. So by inciting their base, they're also inciting these other radical free agents that we don't necessarily and the other thing I want to be very clear is like I, I work, I'm, a, I'm a community organizer and, and me and my group the, the organizer collective we certainly organized for the first peace swap protest and, and helped support the second one but we don't we don't control anyone we're not in charge of the protest we don't tell anyone what to do you know we're not there to peace police or stop anyone from expressing their freedom of speech in the way that they feel but that being said, one of the things that we're trying to instill in the greater left, uh, the ecology of Los Angeles at least, is just when you're on the ground and you're at an action, depending on what that action is and what the messaging is and what it is to serve, you should be looking to the organizers for that action, for that concern. Mm -hmm. who, who is being affected? That's who should be leading. That's who should be listening. And if, one final thing, if someone asks for an interview, point them to that person. Right. Yeah, no, I loved your, uh, your tweet that not enough people understand rank and file organizing. It's frustrating. Kind of like, if you're a socialist and you really understand that we need to organize to allow the means of production to be, you know, owned and allocated by the community, or Marxist-Leninist, the working class specifically. Either way, we need people that are in charge, people that people look up to, the community leaders. Like, even if you oppose the idea of leaders, like, when you're working on a job site, there's usually that person you listen to, you know, whether it's experience or what have you, you know, there's someone that's kind of, you know, the in-charge person. And, it's just that's human nature. We're not, you know, supposed to oppose order necessarily. I mean, everyone wants to say anarchists are all for disorder and chaos. But yeah. honestly, it's just the opposition of state. And that's the other thing. I'm finding myself much more surrounded by the anarchist comrade. Um, yeah. There's a lot less... Uh, the, the, the socialist organizing is, is, is very much still a big part of what I do, but... I've found myself surrounded by many more anarchists uh, as of lately. I think that um, actually makes a lot of sense because anarchists, I think, would be more likely to get involved in specifically identity-related struggles, 
and you know organizing. Whereas Marxist Leninists, which this came up in our last episode that we recorded, but I mentioned how some Marxists will be class reductionists and they leave out identity struggle. Like they just don't take it into account. And that gets again misconstrued by bad faith detractors as saying that, you know, Marxists are just as bad as fascists, that they actually are anti um, LGBT or anti minority in some way when it's just not the case. They just don't value those things as much as we would like them to if they're class reductionists. You know what I mean? And they don't have like the performative progressivism that you have in like liberalism, which again is purely performative and not material. But so I'm not really surprised, again, like I'm saying, like, I'm not surprised that you're surrounded by anarchists, but it was funny to me that you mentioned before we started the actual recording episode tonight how you have these anarchists who are trying to set up these protests and set up actions and things like that. And then they have to fill out the forms and it asks for who's the contact person, who's the leader of the organization. And they put decentralized because they don't want to like adhere to any sort of organization. It's just like, can you understand like why the right may be a little more efficiently organized because they don't issue organization? Like they actually think that's organizing is something you can do and have hierarchies, but um, go ahead, Sterling. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say also, especially over here in the West in America, I, I think with anarchists organizing together and, and having their little protests and not, not to, you know, put down what they do. I, we have a lot of anarchist comrades, but I think you have like this, the false sense of victory with a lot of these things, because if, if a lot of anarchists, the only thing they're really trying to do is stir up something publicly, it's a lot easier to achieve than if you had a bunch of Marxists gather you're, it'd be very difficult to achieve any specific goal that would be a Marxist goal. I mean, that's something you need a broad swath of people to basically come together for. And I just, I, I think it's easier to have like your anarchist buddies and be like, oh, we're just going to stir up shit at wherever and we show up and protest and wave flags. And, and to them, they won something just by being there. And, and people should think that they kind of do win something just by being there because more people should do that. But I, I think... It's just, it, there's, there's not that same reward for Marxist organization and, and socialist organization. I mean, you don't get the endorphin release. The I, don't, same way, I don't, I don't want this to be construed as if I'm telling anarchists what to do or as if I would like, you know, condescend as to tell them what they should be doing differently. But I will say that it seems like, and again, I don't think that's what you were doing, Sterling, either by saying that there's like no. any kind of false sense of like victory. But I do think there is a major problem when you have the left-wing groups like Antifa or uh, Black Lives Matter, whoever, and they're going out and protesting unarmed, peacefully, for basic human rights and dignity. And then you have the right-wingers who are seeing this going out fully armed, kitted up, talking about revolution, talking about overthrowing the government, talking about killing the left-wingers that they see, and you know, just openly glorifying violence. And then both of these are painted in similar lights. In fact, a lot of times the Antifa people will be painted as the violent, out-of-control protesters who are burning down their own cities. You know what I mean? So that's clearly the problem that we're facing. And I don't know, again, like I said, I can't pretend to know the right way or the right path or what to tell people to do, but it's like, you could convince me either way, honestly. You could convince me and say that more anarchists and left-wingers need to show up armed to protest because it, it's how they protect themselves and it's what keeps the, the threat of right-wingers and the state at bay because they're going to be less likely to start shit yeah. with armed protesters. But at the same time, you could also convince me that that will just result in a bunch of dead anarchists when that just escalates the entire situation and then people start opening fire and now we lead to full-scale civil war. You could convince me either way, honestly, and I don't, I just don't know. Like, and I'm not against that either. <laughs> I mean, like, I, would, I, I don't want to see comrades die. Don't get exactly, me wrong. Exactly, yeah. That's, but, 
to 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 see like an actual real like battle play out that led to something bigger like i am fairly accelerationist like uh if if something jump started a revolution mm. um yeah i mean but again it gets back to like the the memeing versus real life thing like we meme a lot we joke around a lot but like uh, yeah i, yeah, I really yeah. don't want to see a bunch of people just shooting each other in the streets i feel like we could figure out some basic human rights here if we just stop misinforming people and we just yeah, got rid of all the shitty right wingers, you know. However, yeah, I, I just, I just like the idea of instoking fear in the cops and in the right wingers when they see those armed socialists and and communists and even anarchists. I, I think that there's they should feel the uncomfort that other people feel when when they go out there to to protest things that they they think matters. Like it, it's terrifying, and I'm sure Jamie can attest to that. Like you are in situations. That literally scare you, and you you're going to wonder if you're getting home. And I think that that should be felt on the other side too. I think this felt a little bit racist. I'm worried because I am seeing more right protests popping up in and around LA, but there are responses. But the thing that ultimately leaves me feeling uneasy is that there's still the imbalance, the uneven policing to these agitators that honestly are from outside of our community coming in to incite violence and, you know, stoke hate. And they're not getting near as policed as folks that are showing up, you know, let's be honest, like the, the far right folks are showing up with baseball bats, BB guns, knives, um, those asp wands, the extending metal batons. They, yeah, there was one in the first protest that was hitting people with these giant prayer beads, and Jesus. the left is bringing med kits, med kits, and they have pepper spray. Water we have water and snacks, but they have pepper spray. Most of this is for like walking to and from the protest. The right are bringing right. full-on cans of bear spray, and they use them. They discharge them on. The, pro- the counter-protesters in this, in this circumstance, but the, the counter-protesters, the, the pepper spray, that these are like keychain pepper sprays and things versus bear spray, which we have plenty of footage of them discharging on, on cancer patients. We just had a protest at Cedars-Sinai, to the hospital here, and they were here um, protesting masks at a cancer ward. And they ended up spraying like a cancer spike or a bear spike. I think oh, I think that she even got punched in her scars. I, I want to give it another shout out if we can. The shawl, if y'all aren't familiar with the shawl, um, is another mm-hmm. on the ground. The shawl piece thing. Yes, the shawl piece thing is uh, another reporter on the ground, and I'm plugging my anarchist comrades. That those are yeah, please that's do. That's who's been on the ground. That's who I've seen out there. And while I consider myself a socialist, and I've worked with lots of groups that came together to help organize the coalition to respond to the We Spa um, shenanigans, you know, it was, like I said, a lot of people with the anarchist ideology. And so um, to to jump back on the article, if that's um, fine, the last thing we left off was just me mentioning that I supported the anti-fascist groups. I was thanking them for keeping us safe from the people that were stabbing people and spraying people with bear spray and 
there's even a, one of them had a baseball bat that said Trump on the bat. I saw that. And oh my god. <laughs> so I mean, I literally was like, I want to say thank you to the anti-fascists who. I was in a. I didn't go medic up for the first one. I didn't have a helmet. I I I yeah. went. I wanted to be a transgender activist. I wanted it to be obvious I was trans. I was in a dress that was essentially like a trans flag, and did not have my helmet or med kit. Or, and I didn't really take much gear besides like an umbrella for the sun. And I was in danger. I didn't realize quite how much danger I was really in. Um, and these people kept us safe. Lots of trans individuals, and none of us really got hurt. Says the one individual who was stabbed by all right protesters. Mm-hmm. Until the second action, when police harmed people. That's who harmed people exponentially more than anyone. And then, yeah. and then the conditions which the police created, which is also mentioned in the article. So I'd love to. I'd love yeah. to finish. <laughs> really no, I, we, we definitely are going to get back to it. We got like a, uh, I do want to get to Ward. We've been like putting you off for like ten minutes now. What yeah, did you have no, to say? So my personal opinion on when it comes to these kind of protests is that there definitely should be some organization, and especially in terms of your own interior security that there should be armed people escorting these protesters, you know, that they can diffuse these situations between the counter protests, the right wing counter protesters and even the police, because we've seen so many times where right wing protesters are fully armed, kitted up, like you said, Mike, and nothing happens to them because the police know that the threat of violent action is there against them if they do some shit. Well, I mean, also because they are, ideologically aligned with the far-right protesters rather that than the ones. I mean, again, I just want to say, like, tailing on what Jamie just said, thanking the anarchists, please give them shout-outs, because, like you said, they are the ones who are out in the streets with you. And so, for all our yeah. suggestions here on a fucking podcast, like I said, I'm not going to condescend <laughs> to tell these people what to do at protest five minutes after we all just say, yeah, but we don't personally do the protest thing ourselves, we mostly do the podcasting. So, again, take what we say with a grain of salt, you're out there in the fucking Thank streets more than we are, so of course. One, exa- one example I'm going to bring up for, uh, for the security of protests is I saw a video recently that there was a guy who tried to ram his truck through a group of protesters. They had their own organized mm-hmm. security force. The guy was stopped before he ran anyone over. He tried to get out of his truck armed. He drew a pistol on the protesters. But because there was an organized security force, they had like eight guns trained on him. And they started flanking him and everything. And he realized what kind of shit he was in. And he got the fuck out of there. Okay, that's actually pretty badass. (laughs) They should have dropped him. I mean, I think you. I think between you, Sterling, and Ward, you guys are like trying to get us flagged tonight. Like, there's already a couple things I gotta pull out. All right, all right. Let me get back to this article for real. Um, let's see. So yeah, we've finished the article. We're featuring our own Jimmy Penn. The online conflict eventually spilled into the streets, with two protests around Wee Spa this month resulting in multiple violent assaults. The chaotic nature of both protests and lack of arrests after the first protest has made it difficult to assess which parties were responsible for some of the assaults captured on film. I mean, I feel like we've been pretty well able to assess just uh, to assess it just from looking at the footage. You could see right wingers stabbing left wingers or also other right wingers. I could see one Twitter thread that would pretty much clear it Yeah, I mean, if there is a weak spot of this article, it's that. So trans rights protesters told The Guardian they were assaulted by both right wing activists and the police. Surprise, surprise. 
Alejandro Garcia said he came to the protest because he has a close friend who is trans and who was a victim and who was the victim of a serious hate crime. He said he was stabbed in the leg multiple times after he tried to intervene in an attack on another person. The man who stabbed him was a white man in his late 40s, wearing all black with a helmet, goggles, and a face mask, and a patch or sticker that read, quote, Patriot, Garcia said. Now, real quick, I put, I put the GoFundMe link in the chat. Okay. We can get that when you post the episode. It'd be really nice. Yeah, we'll make sure that goes in the show notes. It's fundraiser for Wee Spa stabbing victim, Precious Child. So I, f- I feel like you can search that on the GoFundMe website and that will come. Um, okay, so let's see. Back to the article. Marie Dumalk, a 20-year-old French woman who came to both demonstrations to film and interview participants, said she was surrounded by right-wing demonstrators and bear sprayed in the face during the July 17th protest. Quote, I got called a pedo lover and a bitch. Dumalk, whose partner is a trans woman, said it was, quote, ironic to see women carrying women's rights signs marching alongside the two men in tactical gear who assaulted her. Quote, the whole discourse is about making women safe and making women not get sexually assaulted or assaulted by weird men. And I felt unsafe and I was assaulted by weird men. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty clear. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure how, how, how that can be distorted to the point where the, well, the situation of events that occurred for this to be the reality. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of actually disappointing. Again, as much as we've been lauding this article about its good takes and how like, responsibly it reports the, the events and everything, it's sad that it took this long to come out. Because again, this article came out yesterday and this, these events have been going on for well over a month. Would you have word? I don't know. I was just going to chime in as the uh, resident super tanky and just be like shitting on the Guardian for how fucked up they are. I mean, there's definitely room to shit on the Guardian. Don't get me wrong. Okay, let's see. And Precious, the trans musician who faced a wave of online attacks, said that she was maced twice at the July 3rd protest and punched in the face, and that she fought back to defend herself. At the second protest, Precious said she was forced to flee from far-right activists. I treated one. What's that? I didn't have my med gear, but I borrowed some saline and actually treated that first. first. (laughs) Um, At the second protest, Precious said she was forced to flee from far-right activists as the demonstration grew increasingly chaotic. Penn, the local Koreatown activist, said that she also had to run away from a group of anti-trans activists that day, and that she only escaped because, quote, Jamie, you should read your quote. And that she only escaped because... I only escaped because someone drove by and recognized me and let me hop in their van. It's literally what happened. I, it's not completely true. Now, when we... Hey, journalism lying again, always. In, Never trust anything not, you read. No, 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 not, <laughs> not completely true. I didn't, I didn't let them know about this part because I didn't quite know where everything was going to go. Yeah. Because we had been organizing, we did have some communication between folks that were on the ground. And I knew that there, after they had broken up the protest, the police were targeting us and trying to kettle us. And they were allowing the far right to march through the city. And I knew there were individuals in that direction. And when we got broken up and me and the few medics that I was with that finally, you know, evacuating, I knew they were, and I said, y'all, we can't go that way. Yeah. I know that there's far right marching over there. Mm-hmm. And they were like, how do you know that? And I'm like, I just do. Yeah. And we were going to cut up a street and go north. And I was like, y'all, we can't. And they're like, how do you know that? Let's just go up. We then see 20 far right in their combat boots with their American flag marching down right. the street. And we very nearly ran head first in uh, 20. There was like three of them. Um, and yeah, that, that's the full context is that I, 
I knew they were there because I saw in real time how they were coming down on us and allowing them to have free reign through our neighborhood and our community. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I was very, very, very close to getting pushed by LED into that group and then somehow maneuvered in and around and then someone drove by that recognized me and I hopped in their van. <laughs> All right, so not entirely a fake account then, no. Not entirely a fake, but there's a little bit of extra, like, it was bad. Like, we knew there was, like, fragmented groups of the far right that were marching through our, yeah. our neighborhood. No, I mean, this is literally why I was excited to have you on, to give out, give, a, give us, like, the actual details of how this all went down and, like, fill in the in-betweens of the article and everything. Uh, it's just so frustrating, you know, that they were allowed to march through our community, like, in, in victory, victorious. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize, one, how late it was and how much of this article I still have left, so let me just kind of blow through the rest of this here. All right, so right-wing activists and media figures have blamed the violence around Weespa on anti-fascist activists, many initially highlighting an image of a bloodied right-wing woman who they said had been stabbed at the first protest. However, Vishal Singh, an independent journalist and activist who covers Los Angeles protests, shared video that appears to show the injured woman had been accidentally stabbed by a protester on her own side. Which is true. That's the first place I saw that video. That's his video. And it's hard to find him. Like, I literally have to search Fischl every time I want to find him on Instagram because I literally think he's being very suppressed, like kind of shadow banned. But um, if you want to find him on Instagram, it's V-I-S-H-A-L-P-S-I-N-G-H. Vishal P. Singh. And then, again, it's still even tough to find when you search that because there are so many Vishal P. Singhs. And it's like, you got to get the right combination of dots or underscores or whatever it is. And I don't remember off the top of my head, but yes. I also often see a VPS report. Okay. VPS reports. Yeah, but his his work is great. Is basically what I was getting at. He's got a lot of really good uh, independent journalism, and he's an, he's a very he's, prominent he's actor. They, oh, okay. Thank you. They are a great journalist. Um, let's see. So multiple videos showed anti-trans protesters, including several women, being surrounded by angry crowds screaming at them to go home. Gay Chapman, the owner of After Ellen, a site for lesbian and bi women that has been criticized by other queer publications for transphobic content, told The Guardian that she wasn't physically hurt, but that she was surrounded by a crowd screaming at her and another gender-critical feminist friend to, quote, go home, transphobes. She said that she was shoved, her phone pushed out of her hand, and she was doused in water. Quote, it was just like a regular day on Twitter, only it was real life, said Chapman, who said she was representing only her own views. She and another gender-critical feminist who attended the Weespa protest described themselves as center-left and left-wing. Other women who showed up were more conservative. One woman who carried a sign that said, quote, women's rights matter, has posted pro-Trump and anti-feminism messages on Instagram. That's a perfect encapsulation because you've got these women being dishonest about what their actual political beliefs are, calling themselves centrist, saying that they're like moderates or whatever, but then protesting with pro-Trump and far-right people, and then their equivalent of being uh, assaulted is that they got water spilled on them, whereas their side is stabbing people. So it's just everything, only one short paragraph. I like that. And then they're trying to portray that their activists that got stabbed is being stabbed by leftists. Right. Their own side. Yeah. Yeah. Journalists covering the demonstrations described being confronted and attacked as they tried to document what was happening. A Los Angeles freelance journalist, Eric Levi, said his phone and backpack with camera equipment were stolen by counter-protesters on July 17th, who seemed to be angry at him for taking a photograph that might have included the license plate of a passing car. Levi said the confrontation surprised him since he has covered protests before and is usually more wary of attacks from far-right demonstrators. 
The same day, a Guardian journalist attempting to interview and film the anti-trans protesters was repeatedly confronted and chased away, with anti-trans protesters first knocking her phone and notebook out of her hand and later pushing her to the ground. And that's actually one of, one of the authors of this article, actually. I believe the person they're saying was pushed, she was pushed to the ground. <laughs> the LAPD has said there were violent and armed parties on both sides and shared images that it said depicted trans rights protesters pushing a female anti-trans protester to the ground. The department has said it is also investigating the behavior of its own officers after police fired beanbag rounds at trans rights activists at close range. It is also facing sustained criticism from protesters who said police should have made arrests on July 3rd after serious assaults happened in the street with officers standing by. The police department declined to comment on the I'm criticism. I'm so glad the police are going to investigate the police. Yeah, I Thank feel very comforted by that. But that's exactly what you were talking about, Jamie, is like the police just standing down and letting these right-wingers start the violence at the very first protest that led to then the counter-protests and all the following events. But then also the event that we still haven't mentioned tonight, I'm just realizing now, is when the police shot this woman with a shotgun from like 10 feet away with a beanbag round, but still like anything out of a shotgun, is, that's fucking ridiculous. So there were three shots fired at that incident. Yeah. There was a rubber munition, a 40 millimeter large um, less lethal and two shots from the beanbag shotgun. I'm pretty sure that 40 millimeter rubber round struck my left shoulder. Yeah. Oh my god. Rubber, quote unquote. It, it did not feel like rubber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have something, Ward? Yeah, just for uh, listeners, like the proper use for those quote unquote less than lethal ammunition is like for the beanbag rounds and like rubber bullets like they are supposed to be trained that they are not supposed to fire those directly at people no closer than 15 yards so yeah. 45 feet not 10 feet there's if they are within that range, it's supposed to be an indirect shot. You're supposed to bounce it off the ground and then hit the, hit, hope to hit your intended target. But this just goes to show that these people are not trained. These police officers are not properly trained in what they are given. No, they're trained. They know. They just don't care. They're not held accountable. Yeah, no, yeah. they... I we'll agree. They do know. They're, they're not properly trained in accountability they they understand that they're going to shoot in the moment and they're not really concerned with what happens after that because they've never had to be no of course not so they're trained they know they're not supposed to do that they just know that if they do that there's no repercussion exactly our last paragraph here i really am going to wrap up i promise for trans women who go to we spa and similar establishments the whole episode was an upsetting reminder of the dangers they face on a daily basis Quote, it's already difficult going into a spa because you don't know if the person doing a massage will be okay with you being transgender, said Rios Wyatt, president of Alianza Translatinex, a Latinx trans rights group in Southern California, noting that many trans women have experiences of being harassed or kicked out of an establishment. Quote, when you're just trying to belong in society and then you hear someone else is complaining that you are in a public space just because of who you are, it's really traumatizing. Bambi Salcedo, the president of the Translatina Coalition in L.A., noted that most trans people she knows don't have the luxury to relax at We Spa. This is actually a great way to end this article. I'm glad they did this way. He says, quote, The majority of our community, particularly trans women of color, don't really have the means or the privilege to even go to a spa or get a treatment in the first place. End quote. We Spa represented a nightmare scenario of what can happen when far-right groups, right-wing conspiracy theorists, and gender-critical feminists are all aligned against trans rights, Serrano said. Quote, 
The idea that any time people can point out a trans woman was in a women's space and suddenly the Proud Boys and QAnon people all come out against it is very scary. So, yeah. But, I mean, that's a really great point to touch on. And, you know, it's kind of a shame they only spent one sentence on it, but that really is the case. It's like the majority of our community, particularly trans women of color, don't really have the means or the privilege to even go to a spa or get a treatment in the first place. So, I mean, but then that, that's just one of the uh, things that just goes completely unsaid. But it's like, yeah, that's really what the issue is. But, like, of course, yeah. Tell me more about how these suburban white moms are really the victims here in this situation. We're able to go to spas, like, weekly, and we're worried about if, you know, their kids that they also want to bring to this adult spa where there's going to be naked adults might see naked adults. It's like one that you have the ability and the privilege to bring your kids to a spa that most people can't even go to. And so there's like three narratives like at play though, like at least, I mean, you have the far right trying to drive their like anti-pedophilia message that's completely fabricated. You have the folks that are trying to push their, you know, women's rights, women's spaces, gender critical message. And then there's just like folks that are just trying to say trans people exist. This doesn't need to be an issue. We exist and we deserve to exist. And it's just so funny because it's almost almost like they're talking past each other. Nobody's actually taking any of it in. And at the end of the day, people are getting harmed and people are clicking on these news stories and they're watching these videos and, and it's generating content, it's generating money. But at the end of the day, it's, it, it, people are just trying to exist. And there's people that are literally making money causing those people trying to fight for their right to exist harm. We're now in a state of America where it is profitable to stoke harassment, to, to create unsafe conditions. And that has led to this LAPD approach that they don't, they don't even view our side as protesters. They view us as an enemy, as a danger. They just refer to it as Antifa. It doesn't matter that it was trans rights protesters. It doesn't matter that it was people coming out in support of the spa. When we got there on the second day, I was the one that reached out to the National Lawyers Guild that we wanted to have NLG there just to monitor the police because of the unbalanced uh, approach that they had from the first action. And I went to great lengths to introduce myself and let them know that I would be the police liaison, let me know if there were orders to give them to me so I, I could make sure that they were documented what was given when and make sure that NLG had the same uh, with their notes and the documentation. And they never communicate with me. I introduced myself to at least five sergeants and a lieutenant and was told that my information would be given to the captain and chief for that area. Nothing like that occurred. And then even on top of that, it seemed as though they were targeting the medics. Mm-hmm. Because I was struck by a less lethal munition. There was another medic that was shot point blank in his arm. And I saw your outfit. You were clearly labeled. Like you arm. couldn't have been more clearly labeled as a medic. <laughs> I make sure to be very, I don't like being yeah. shot. <laughs> so I try my best to make it very often. But I mean, there was even a medic like arrested who got interviewed. I think you get at a really important um, part about yeah, this, which is that like, it would be one thing if it were just the case that like, like it's bad enough that the media narrative around this, as far as mainstream media is concerned, is that 
there are two equally opposing sides, which is that there are the trans rights, the left wingers, and then there are the traditional conservatives and the right wingers. And they're being the fact that they're being presented as equal points of view when again, one is violent and conspiracy driven, bigoted by its very nature, and just obviously like fascist at its roots. And then the other side is literally just protesting for the most basic of human dignity and rights. And so it's bad enough that they're being portrayed as equal, but then also in practice, when you see who the police side with, that's what really puts it over the top. Because again, if it were just a culture war, it'd be one thing, but there's actual violence taking place and the state itself is sanctioning that violence because the police, the, the arm of that state always sides with the right when given the, the choice between the left and the right. One hundred um, so I guess let's see if we can wrap it up there. Jamie, do you want to um, go ahead and plug your social media or any other uh, anarchist comrades or anybody else? Or, um, or if you do want to make any like final points or uh, any kind of closing, anything else you want to say? I have to go get ready to go camp out at the mayor's yeah, house. So I'm going to make it brief. Um, Jamie Penn, that's real Jamie Penn on all the social media, uh, well, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And um, I, I will plug our, our collective. Um, we've had a lot of new members, um, and we continue to grow. Um, we're a fairly horizontal organization that just focuses on trying to help those that are trying to cause change in the community. So if that sounds like something uh, you need help with, or resources even, feel free to look us up. We're tocla.org. That's P-O-C-L-A dot org. We organize a collective block name. You said P-O-C-L-A? T is in the same building. Tocla. T. Taco. Okay. <laughs> so T O C L A, and then Jamie Penn is at real Jamie Penn, J A M I E P E N N on the social medias. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us again, Jamie. It's always great to have you. Feel free to have me back. It was a yeah. blast. As always, y'all are full hoot and <laughs> We definitely will. Fanny froze. Is he still there, Mike? <laughs> right, um, see, I guess we should probably do our normal plugs, huh? I, Jamie, if you I, if you need to go and get ready, go for it. We're just gonna do like our normal. I'll see you later. Thank you so much for having me on again, and thank you right. for covering this. Thanks again, so Jamie. Of course. Yeah, we'll have Jamie on anytime. Oh, absolutely. And hopefully, we explain the situation well enough that people are getting like a good idea of what's going on and all the controversy or non-controversy behind it. You know. It seems like a very fairly simple situation to me, but of course the right deals in false pretense and fake victimization narratives. Um, sorry, I'm stalling while I'm trying to find our uh, Patreon subscriber list on my computer here. You want to go ahead and plug the uh, Twitter, Sterling? Yes, that is at Turn Leftist Pod. Um, I'm <laughs> I know it now because we had a pretty active Twitter day, so that was cool. Shout out to all the comrades who reshared some of our Twitter stuff. We had a cu- couple cool announcements. So we've speaking of Twitter, we've got three pretty cool uh, guest episodes coming up. Uh, I'll save the best one for last. Uh, n- no, no offense to the <laughs> other guests, but uh, yeah. So we've got uh, James Rewald, who is a super cool TikTok content uh-huh. creator, super based videos. Mike, you posted his one yeah. video on the turn left before it got completely yeah, about down. That. So he that's whatever. Yeah, he's he's gonna come on probably next week and chop it up with us. You know, he actually knows his shit. Like I'm I'm really excited. He's hilarious. We'll have a great time. No, I'm I'm excited. I'm literally finding out about this now because I didn't see that in the group chat or anything. But yeah, I'm excited as fuck right. that he has school. 
Yeah, and then the next one, which will also be a, a new one for you, is uh, super revolutionary comrade Romeo Funes, um, who is super into on-the-ground activism uh, with a lot of the big causes. He was very much involved with the Hands Off Cuba, and he also just got back from a trip from uh, Nicaragua to celebrate what I assume, and I hope I don't get this wrong, but I think it's their 42nd a year celebration for their revolution. Nice. So yeah, he made a whole documentary wise down there. He has a really cool YouTube channel where he just posts a bunch of super informative revolutionary stuff. So he's going to be an awesome comment. We're going to talk about the Sandinistas. And of course, our third. That's exactly what yeah, I told him. Yeah. I was like, let's talk about the history of the Sandinistas and then a second parter where we'll chop up modern uh, Nicaragua. Yeah, oh, yeah. So he's he's su- he's super into that. See, we have the same brain. My, like, my, my aunt is actually, my great aunt is from Nicaragua and had all kinds oh, of cool. stories about the, the Sandinistas and everything. And I've never asked her about it, but I should. But uh, anyway, continue. Yeah. yeah, and then, of course, our, our third one, which we're super excited about, and why our Twitter was blowing up is because uh, Brett from Rev left where, 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 where? <laughs> right, publicly at, you know, saying, hey, it's time to collab. So we got called up to the big leagues. Boys. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so we're super excited. I mean, I think I speak for all of us when I say it's one of our biggest inspirations. So to finally chop it up with Brett is, is going to be a true honor. So uh, we're probably going to do that within two weeks. We're still kind of working out the dates. But it sounds like we're most likely going to jump on uh, modern democratic socialism oh, yeah. and the uh, quote unquote dim, dim socks and, and all that fun uh, stuff. And I, I'm hoping Brett isn't going to hide his power level because I, I know on Rev Left, he kind of, you know, hides it a little bit because his whole thing. <laughs> you calling Brett a live? <laughs> Look, no, 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 I'm calling Brett a tanky. I'm yeah, saying yeah. He, he hides his power level. No, I know. To not, to not offend his uh, non-tanky listeners because he has a big fan base. But uh, I, I think he's going to come pretty mask off and really, really let think, everyone know. How I mean, I think he's said a couple times he's more of a Maoist than anything. So he That's probably will take some issue with like our China stances or something like that. But, you know, <laughs> not like we're going to argue think, with Brett. You kidding me? Like yeah, this, no. the only thing that could come close to this is if we got like an invite on fucking Chapo or if, like Pearl's pod got back together and invited us on. Like that's that's the only <laughs> thing that could like rival this. Like This is huge for us. So, yeah. I personally put bread above Chapo because he's actually educating people. And no offense to Chapo, but it's basically come down. Like, no, yeah, they're just entertaining. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so let me just thank our patrons real quick, as always. Thank you to Hayden, Jared, Bill Killionaires, Bro You Know Marks, David, Tristan, Devante, Your Mother, Charlotte, James, Bishop Mew, Rural Marxist, MC, John Bovie fan 420, Aaron, Kyle, John Claude Manhands, Mail, Phil, Blackwater Janitor, and Jay Reese. Thank you all. Uh, Ward, go ahead and plug your Instagram. Yeah, so I've already given up on my main page because Mike's already beat me to getting banned. So I've uh-huh. I'm just given up on my main page completely. So follow me at, at Millennial Leftist, common spelling, no underscore or anything. And I guess I'm being I'm more active on my Twitter now. So at Ward Lolly on tr- Twitter, if you want to see me just uh, yelling out, notice me, senpai. That's really all I use it for. You got a retweet from Caitlin Johnson. I, know, dude. I was happy. blown away by that. Pretty sick. And speaking of which, to our comrades, if you haven't brought this up yet, our turn leftist Instagram has been banned. I mean, the, yeah, it's just com- banned forever. Completely gone. So if you did follow that one, if you don't follow our new one yet. At turn leftist thirteen twelve, yeah, do that. Um, and yeah. 
Uh, also, we still have T-shirts. Anyone who wants a Reagan is Satan. We have those badass trickle-down economics of the billionaires' heads rolling down the guillotine steps that's going to release, but we want to move a, a few more of these Reagan is Satan. We, we ordered a ton of them. <laughs> so yeah. let, let's get through a few more of these. If you haven't bought one, buy one now. You will be helping us out to get the, uh, the other shirts out sooner. And uh, that, all the links are now on the newer Instagram at TurnLeftist1312. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, thank you guys for joining me. This is cool. Peace. Have a good one. Later.